it's important to acknowledge the other people and animals and wonderful things in your life. It's really important to nurture our inner selves and just say, hey, nice work. Even if the day didn't go perfectly exactly the way you thought it was, you still did a pretty good job today, so I'm going to give you an A. Hi, and welcome back to Clarity Cafe. I'm Barb, and I'm here with my amazing Clarity sister, Callie, and we're delighted to have you join us for this episode of the Clarity Cafe, our little place for a sip of clarity, a little being present, a little awareness, and a little fun all rolled into one. We uh, are delighted to have all of you listening and want to just again reiterate how grateful we are for your participation, listening to our podcast, sharing our podcast with your friends and colleagues and people who you think might resonate with this vibe of having a good time and also trying to be as happy and productive and calm and fun as possible. And we also really appreciate your comments, uh, subscriptions to the podcast, reviews, any of those things. We love to hear from you, so keep them coming. On our last podcast, we were talking about decisions and decision-making fatigue and some of the ways that we might minimize the amount of energy we make so that we can make better decisions and, and have more energy at the end of the day and feel better about everything and be more present and available. And today, we're going to talk about a wonderful topic, which is rewarding ourselves for our accomplishments. How do we actually acknowledge all the amazing things that we do in our life for other people and for the world and for ourselves and make sure that we are really showing ourselves that appreciation and love that we so deserve? I think for me, as I've gone through my life that was always kind of in the background, in the back burner of what I was going to do. I would just do something and, you know, think, well, that was okay. And then just move on with the next thing. I've got other mountains to climb and things to conquer, but it's important, just like it's important to acknowledge the other people and animals and wonderful things in your life for what they do. It's really important to nurture our inner selves and just say, hey, nice work. Even if the day didn't go perfectly exactly the way you thought it was, you still did a pretty good job today, so I'm going to give you an A. Let's uh, all try to be a little nicer to ourselves. And what are the things in our lives and in our psyches that might keep us from doing that? Oh, Barb, that is so relatable. I have accomplished so much in my life. And even saying that, I recognize that at a point in my life, I don't even know that I could say those words, but I expected the moon and beyond from myself. And it's definitely an area that has taken a long time to come to because I expected myself to be able to pull all these things off and do all these things that I wanted, but I didn't necessarily take an appropriate amount of time to acknowledge it. And I really changed my tune both through, you know, a lot of good deep self-work and visualization, meditation, but also, I'll be honest, training dogs has really changed my perspective on how we reward. Stay with me here on this one, because even if you don't have a dog, you may be able to kind of imagine a world where, let's say that we want to train a dog. So the first command might be sit. Okay, well, some of us might just say to the dog, sit. If the dog doesn't know what that is, you've just said, Mleh. And the dog's looking at you and you go, Mleh. 
And the dog looks at you. <laughs> and you go, ah! And the dog kind of gets scared and backs up. And you might say it again, ah! And then the dog sits down. And you go, good dog. Now, by the way, good dog probably sounds like, ah! So now you said, ah! Ah! And in our heads, we're very clear because we are speaking our language to that dog and they're getting it. But actually, what's happening for that dog is incredibly confusing. So learning to reward at the appropriate time is really helpful. In fact, there are some trainers, and I'm one of them, that believes, you know, you don't mark a behavior with a word until the dog reliably is doing it. So for example... I might put the treat in a way that's kind of up high or by their nose or down a little low by their chest that actually makes them sit. And when the dog does the thing, I give them a little treat, a little food, and I say good dog. Because by the way, until good dog is synonymous with I get a treat or I get to play or I get something good, good dog doesn't mean anything more than bad dog, except for how it's said. So if we think about our own psyche, and we are animals... I have to say, as much as we like to run around this planet and pretend we're something else, we are animals. And so our little bodies and brains need to have some super basic, simple reinforcement. Yes. And should we give ourselves positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement or no reinforcement? The answer is always positive, right? So even if it's for all the wonderful things you accomplish, well done. That was a really good self-care session you did this morning. And then you took care of a lot of things at work and you made good food choices and you provided for lots of folks. And then there was a couple things you did that maybe if you had it to do over again, you would do differently, but you did your best and you learned something from it. So some of this rewarding ourselves is how we frame the communication and how we frame the information. We can either frame it in a negative way, that's like, oh, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I don't, I'll do better, whatever. All those kind of little child voices that we have in our head that were when we were scared because we didn't, we thought we hadn't done the right thing. If we rephrase it as, oh, you were very accountable. You did the things that you set out to do. Might not have gone exactly the way you thought, but you gave it your best. Um, the feeling that you're left with in your body and psyche physical body and spiritual body is one of positivity and not one of negativity. So if we could always remember to reward ourselves with that positive way and be consistent, because again, you're right, the body responds, it's that animalistic part of us, which is, there's no implication of level there. They're all equally important, uh, but we do have physical reactions to words and the words that we say to ourselves are particularly powerful. Right. And if, uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard previous episodes, to learn more, <laughs> cultivating the new mindset, <laughs> listening to the voices in your head, speaking positive, dropping baggage at the door, we've got quite a few on how we talk to ourselves <laughs> because it really does. It's that relationship with ourselves is so key to all the wonderful growth and inspiration and creativity that can come forth when we really give back to ourselves. So 
we all have different ways that we can reward ourselves. Some of us like to have gifts or buy ourselves little things for accomplishing things. And that's definitely something that's been marketed to us as a way to reward ourselves. For me, that was helpful to a point, but it kind of got old and I really sort of stepped out of that. Uh, There was a point in my life where I was like, oh, I ran 18 miles this morning. So I feel like having XYZ food and a lot of it seems like a great reward. And I burnt those calories, so I'm going to do it anyway. So that really led me, you know, rewarding myself through food really led me to that kind of food. Didn't lead me somewhere helpful. But Barb, you've really taught me something to come to. It's your fault. I'm sure you're right, whatever it is. It's all your fault. (laughs) So when I was younger, I did not cook. And I kind of got into baking at one point. I enjoyed that as I got older, you know, a little bit of baking, especially because I liked sweet stuff. So baking, you know, led to a thing. But I've given up the baking. I do enjoy roasting now. And also Mm. I enjoy the ritual of celebrating my day better or worse, chaotic or not, with a good meal. And that meal is something that likely, you know, if there's certain ingredients that are fresh, I've already picked them in advance. Or if there's something I have to take out of the freezer for it in the morning and let that sit, I've done that. But it's something that I know with parameters, pretty much what I'm making. I look forward to it. I enjoy it. And I gear shift by shifting the lighting in my house, by shifting music, making sure there's music and lighting changes. And then I'm really present with the food that I'm making and whomever, whether it's for myself or others. But I do this ritual at night now. It's a good thing to be at fault for, isn't it, Barb? It's a good one, huh? Mm. Look what you taught me. That's a really good one. (laughs) (laughs) But that ritual of rewarding the day with good food and sitting down and no devices, just sitting down and being present with the flavors and whatever it is I've made, that is a way that I take intention to celebrate the day's accomplishments, think about the things that I'm grateful for and excited for going forward. And I really appreciate that you modeled that as much time as we've spent together. You really modeled that. And then I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm into this thing this whole dinner vibe end of the day, no matter how late it has to be, but making that shift. So thank you for that. It's kind of addictive because it's so rewarding and so helps mark the passage of the day into the evening and the downshifting of like nourishment and rest and giving your body what it needs and being in that space of gratitude for the blessing of that. And I think if you know, you consider that that's what cultures have done, you know, from time as far back as we know it, the sitting around the campfire and having a relaxing meal, that's when we're really in that rest and relax, that parasympathetic healing space where we really can begin to heal and digest and use all the nutrients that we've gotten as we reflect on our day and also look forward to the next day. So, Thanks for pointing that out. It really is a blessing. It's a simple thing, but it's a way of marking all the accomplishments that we've had during the day, acknowledging other people, 
just being like, whoo, I made it through the day. And uh, now I'm giving myself something that's that's really nourishing to me. And it also tastes delicious and it's really satisfying. You know, we've talked about food and eating and, you know, anxiety. But when we're in the space of, of rest and relax with food, um, it nourishes us not just on a physical level. So we've talked about a simple easy way to daily celebrate our accomplishments and acknowledge and nurture ourselves. And in the past, I really did struggle to acknowledge it because I just expected myself to do things. And then when I got them done, I was like, okay, cool. You did that. Okay, next. What's next? Six more things. And so that was not a very encouraging environment in my head. I'm going to go somewhere unexpected (laughs) in this conversation because it's important to acknowledge where some of you listening may do something similar, which is, you know what I don't consider a reward for good behavior or accomplishing things and what I don't withhold from myself anymore is play and recreation and vacation. I used to say, oh, well, gosh, if I do this and this and this, then I can go to so-and-so. I love traveling. I've been to 55 countries I will continue to see as many countries as I can before I'm done here on this planet. But I used to say, oh, well, then I can go do this thing. Or I'm going to go, oh, I can play when I get all my work done. Or, you know, play is where I innovate. It's where problem solving things come to me. Not because I'm sitting there going, I'm going to go out and play and I'm going to think about all these things and get them accomplished while I'm out there. But it's because I'm willing to give the brain a break so that it can creatively come back at these problems or change the scenery so I can see how this company should unfold or how it should fold together or how we can unwind a problem or just give time and space for a problem to unwind itself. I used to withhold that as a formula. If I do this, then I can have that. And I've taken that out of my accomplishment reward space because that is a necessity for life. And I want to just acknowledge that there are things in our lives that some of you who are listening may think that, oh, when I just accomplish this goal, I can then do this thing. Well, you know what? I mean, besides maybe saving money for the trip or whatever, for the most part, That's how we thrive in life. That's how we get from year to year. And if we pile to-dos and have-tos and accomplishment goals on top of that, then what happens is we'll just get to the destination point of I accomplish these things and have six more thrown on top. So it's actually not really rewarding at all. It's demotivating. That's such a good point. I think there's a lot of societal programming around you have to kind of earn your vacation. Do you deserve it? And all these questions of like, well, I'm really working hard, but maybe I don't really deserve that because other people are working hard too. Like all those little voices that keep us from being able to recognize that we do deserve and it's critical to our being able to you know, really be our full selves and contribute what we need to contribute to the world to give ourselves that downtime of play and being away from screens and being away from the actual specifics of a problem. I mean, we've all probably remember the story of the way that chemists figured out the benzene ring structure was he fell asleep thinking about the problem and had a dream about a snake eating his tail and figured out that it was a ring when he woke up, right? So that's one of those things I always remember that from when I was a kid. I thought it's really important to have some downtime 
so that you can make a great discovery or so that you can just actually have a great day and be present for all the little great things that happen in your life. You do need that downtime, whether it's, you know, a five minute vacation today and, you know, a five day vacation next week when you decide to take that. You do such a good job, Callie, of of demonstrating that and helping other people see that by the creativity that you bring to the work that you do, but also the creativity that you bring to your fun. I mean, I have to say, you're the reason I have a karaoke machine in my living room. (laughs) Enough said about that. (laughs) But we have had a little fun playing karaoke. Mandatory karaoke night can always commence. Sometimes you just need to go in there and belt out a couple of songs. You'd be amazed at how it changes the brain. (laughs) Totally. And I think the more we learn about the brain, that's what's so exciting about all this research research um, into how the brain works. They find out, you know, most of the work of the brain is not going on in our conscious brain. It's going on in the deep structures and all the things that happen while we're sleeping and while we're playing. And when we're getting into the other parts of our brain into quote unquote genius brain, where like all parts of the brain are involved, when they look at brain scans of people who are artists, for instance, when they're actually doing a painting, their brain is way more lit up than when they're adding a column of numbers because they're only using that one part of your brain. And so that the creative and fun things, it tends to involve more of that genius brain, tends to bring more of all of those resources. And of course, uh, you know, that's what keep one of the things that keeps us young and productive is, is our neuroplasticity. So I was recently listening, re-listening to uh, Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability. Gosh, she's such a charismatic speaker. And um, she says a couple of things that I want to share here. I'm going to paraphrase and hopefully not butcher it. Brene, forgive us, <laughs> but uh, brilliant work you do. Uh, one of the things she says is how-tos do not work. If how-tos worked, we'd all be fixed already. And I love that kind of sentiment, right? You know, if we had how-tos and it was like five steps. So I'm going to imagine that some of our type A clarity fam might be listening to this podcast and being ready to have how to's the three things to do (laughs) to acknowledge our accomplishments. And I want to say, even right there, acknowledge if you came into this podcast expecting to be told the right way to do something and that just a simple shift in conversation with oneself and just acknowledging it can be that simple for those of us who might just expect the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Making a practice of acknowledging others' accomplishments can also be a way that when we learn that voice externally, we can learn to apply it internally as well. And then this is a much deeper topic we want to get into at some other point. This is definitely another podcast, but you know, guilt and shame and all of that kind of noise, those things are not really ways to help us pump up our internal self of wanting to achieve or wanting to really celebrate life's accomplishments, you know, shame and some of these deeper things for when we don't live up to our own standards or we set unrealistic expectations, that heavy stuff. Just want to acknowledge that in this moment, take a breath and just reflect. What kind of a conversation do I have with myself when it comes to success and accomplishing? Is it one 
that I've developed and honed that works specifically for me so that I can propel and go further and really feel good about my life? Or is it one that brings me down, ignores, isolates, shames, or downplays my accomplishments? Or somewhere in between, it's an orchestra and up in our heads, and sometimes we've got the high notes and the low notes, so just <laughs> acknowledge that you could be somewhere in there. But just know for oneself, inventory, where you at. And then begin to say, I want to cultivate a voice that is specific to me because what works for me may not work for the next person. What works for Barb may not work for Callie, et cetera. So we've got to find our own internal voice, cultivate that, and continue to build on the successes by starting by acknowledging the ones we've already had. So uh, with that, we're going to talk about modeling good boundaries. That is our next episode. So that's so fun because we're really going to be able to talk about how we can help friends and friends can help us by modeling good boundaries. And part of those boundaries can be how we talk to ourselves, but, uh, but also how we relate and talk to people externally. So until next time, we uh, want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. If you haven't done it yet, please hit the subscribe button. We want to continue to bring you great content. We want this podcast to grow, spread the word, tell two people colleagues at work, in your hobbies. If you've got two people that you think this would resonate with, by all means, share it and uh, leave a review. We'd love to have as many reviews as possible. That helps these little podcasts out. It helps us grow. And the online conversation on our social channels has been so fun. Thank you so much for all of the engagement, the DMs, the podcast suggestions. We're really enjoying the conversation. We want to continue to bring you more content, more graphic art, more illustrations, and more podcasts. So as with anything in life, and especially this podcast, we want you to take what works, leave what doesn't, and until next time, be well. Be well.